press start. Hello, all you cartridge blowers out there. This is N64 Live with myself, Cliff Foster, aka the amazing Cliff. On the old Twitter, yes, your podcast guide to the greatest computer game console of all time, the Nintendo 64. Yes, ladies and gents, we're, it's officially here. This is the first official podcast. Yay! Yay! I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. It's, it's pathetic, really. But anyway, um, uh, right, before we go into Battle for Jinjos, see who actually wins uh, against Mario Kart 64 and Diddy Kong Racing. Um, I just want to do a little bit of a check-in with you guys um, and say thank you. Because in just over a week, I've gained 161 followers on Twitter. I've had a healthy amount of listens, I'm not going to tell you how many, but a healthy amount of listens to a prologue, which is just me waffling, telling you the basis of the show, um, from from four different countries as well. Um, So I really want to say thank you. Obviously, if you aren't already subscribed, please make sure you do. Obviously, we are on the SoundCloud. However, you should be able to find us on all podcast sites, including Spotify and Apple, Um, So please make sure that you go and subscribe wherever you get your lovely podcasts from. Um, Obviously, on Apple, it'd be nice to get my first ever review um, and get some more subscribers and likes to the uh, SoundCloud as well. So please, no matter how you listen to this podcast, go and like, go and subscribe. It means that, obviously, it'll get seen by more people, more listens, make me feel a bit better about what I'm doing, and, uh, yeah, I'll do more. I'll do more. Obviously, uh, saying about doing more, uh, this Friday, uh, so tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the Thursday, we will be doing, uh, I, I will be doing, I've got to remember I'm doing this podcast by myself, um, I will be doing the first uh, Challenge Cliff over on Twitch. I've given everything a bit of a trial. Um it might be a bit ropey. Uh, some of you out there that are a bit more acquainted to Twitch might have to help me first episode just if, if things aren't working well. I've given it a bit of a test run. But please go and follow uh, N64 Life podcast over on Twitch. Um, it'd be really appreciated. And yeah, t- tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on Thursday, we're going to have some fun because we're going to be doing what I'm going to try and do it gotta remember it's just me in this podcast i will be trying to do uh lilac wars uh star fox 64 um without losing a life um and i'm gonna attempt it on the top row i'm gonna attempt it don't think i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna attempt it first time around i'll attempt to do it every mission completed uh rather than accomplished uh we will give it a go uh more case yeah again doing this podcast by myself why can't i get this in my head Toby's not here. Obviously, if you don't go and follow the other podcast I do, the main reason why I keep saying we we will uh, is because I'm usually doing a lovely podcast with the incredible TDC, uh, which is hashtag WRWRPod. We will be starting up that again, uh, there we go, shortly, and trying to do bi-weekly podcasts as well as a couple of YouTube streams and things along those lines. So if you are into British wrestling, please go and give that a follow. But... That leads us very nicely into the first 
battle for Jinjos. So before we go into the battle for Jinjos, I, I just want to make one apology. Uh, if you listen to the uh, prologue, thank you very much for listening. However, I've changed up the rules slightly, just ever so slightly. So we'll be doing, obviously, the Jinjos based off of storyline. And this is where the change comes. We'll be doing it off of gameplay, uh, sound and visuals. And we'll still be revisiting uh, the ING score as well as your opinions as well. So five Jinjos to battle off for. Let's see who wins. Are you pumped? I am. This is the first official N64 Life Podcast, and let's get going. Are you all comfy? It's time for a story and for a racing game. Hot dog. <laughs> Tiddy Kong Racing's got a story I might have a slight issue with. Uh, so, yeah, believe it or not, it does have a story. Um, I never, I, I used to read through the manuals. Whenever I bought a computer game, I used to get back on the bus uh, from where I live in Winchester to uh, the, from the centre of town. And and I used to sit there and religiously, it was like, it was just one of those things, wasn't it? I think everybody who misses computer game manuals, I, I, oh, it's just lovely to sit there, read it. And you get that excitement of, oh, I'm going to go back and play the game. And I did that with Diddy Kong Racing. And for the life of me, I can't remember there being a story to Diddy Kong Racing. And I assume there would be, because as we'll go into Diddy Kong Racing, Diddy Kong Racing has a bit of a different feel to Mario Kart 64. And so I, I went on and searched it online and made sure that, yes, this was the right story. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's the story of Diddy Kong Racing. So, firstly, Timbers Island where Timber lives and his family. Yeah, his mum and dad. His mum and dad go on vacation and leave Timber on their real estate that's been named after him to look after the island. One bad parenting. You know, we've all seen Home Alone. You, you shouldn't really do this. People will try and invade your real estate if you leave your child trapped in its house by itself. So maybe, you know, Timber's parents uh, shouldn't really be doing this after... Yeah, 1997. It's, it's not the best idea. No. No, no said about that. Um, so, obviously, going away from Timber's been left on Timber's Island. I'm going to be continuing to say Timber. He's been left on his island. And basically, this horrible space pig called Whiz Pig comes down from his planet where uh, future Funland. Um, it really sounds like that should have been the name for Moron Mountain and Space Jam. Um, yeah, he comes down from Future Funland because he's invaded all the circuits on his own planet. And now he needs to go and invade more circuits like uh, Space Bernie Eccleston. Eh, F1 jokes, I've got them. Um, and, and he goes and invades Timbers Island... And Timber has to recruit his friends to help him battle off against this evil Bernie Eccleston in the sky. And, and yeah, he recruits his friends 
his friends, the first one being Drumstick, who's supposedly the best racer on the island. Spoilers, he's not. Um, and Wizpig doesn't like that, so he turns him into a frog. And his other friends now have to battle to defend the island and gain it back to its former glory. So he recruits his friends. Timber recruits his friends. Now, I think you've got where I'm going with this. It's Timber's bloody story, surely. Because we're going to go into his friends now. And he's got one friend that does seem like a bit of a d Because this one friend completely controls everything. Yes. What a friend. What a pal. Go into him in a minute. Um, so he recruits his friends. And the first of those friends is Banjo. The first appearance of Banjo. Um, and I actually did some reading into this because I was like, was Kazooie a thing? And he's mentioned in the manual. Kazooie is, she's mentioned in the manual, which is awesome. And actually, me going through it, I, I found out that, yeah, because when you get hit by a rocket, and we're going to gameplay in a minute, you can hear Kazooie, which is awesome. But at the same time, bit weird. Kazooie's stuck in that bag the whole time. At least in Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie and Nuts and Bolts. We're not talking about Nuts and Bolts. Um, at least she she comes out at that point and she does things. But she's trapped in a bag while a hot and sweaty Banjo goes around with her. That, that's not cool. Not cool. Poor Kazooie. But it was still really cool to actually say think that she's, she's not just an afterthought. She's not just an add-on to Banjo. She was always in their sights even at this point and another well-known character that crops up one of his friends is a certain teetotal conquer because yeah this is conquer before he found alcohol one because you know kids don't drink drive it's not good um and he's a lot chirpier and a lot happier and yeah it's not the conquer we get to know towards the end of the lifespan of the n64 for sure um, he also employs his friend Tiptop, uh, Tiptop, sorry, Tiptop, not Tiptop, Tiptop, um, to help him out, Tiptop the turtle, tortoise, turtle, um, and we'll be going on to more about what happened to him later, as well as a critter from another person's island, not Timber's island, another person's island, and that is Crunch the Critter, um, which is a big crocodile. And yeah, he looks so much like the critters in uh, another person's island. Oh, not not annoyed by this at all. Um, <laughs> and then you also have the uh, the only female character on the game, uh, which was a regular occurrence in the early N64 games, only having one active female cat and that is uh pipsy the uh the mouse um which is a bit sad that you know and then also you have two unlockable characters as well as i mentioned before drumstick who's supposedly the best uh racer on the island he's really not he's really annoyed to control annoying to control um and then you have the tt as well 
uh yes the big uh clock that goes around and do his challenges uh once you've done all his challenges you can unlock him to unlock a uh, drumstick uh you have to complete all of the gold medal chat uh the gold uh trophy championships which will go into gameplay uh and then yeah that that very much nice he unlocks uh drumstick once you run over the frog with the uh feather on its head lovely hey hey Eh? But we're missing one out, and that's my favourite, which is Bumper the Badger. Um, we'll go into gameplay in a minute, but Bumper for me was the best all-round character there was. Um, I, I don't know. He's, also, he's, his car is yellow, and I do love the colour yellow. I, I bloody love yellow. So maybe that's what it is. But there's one more, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's that <laughs> friend that turns up to your birthday party... But his birthday was a week before yours, and he's now declared that this is a joint birthday party, and it all seems to be revolving around him. Yes, the only one to really be a household name at this point. So that's why his name's on the cover, even though he's nothing to do with the story. He's just been recruited. It's Diddy Kong. Yes, ladies and gents. Diddy Kong. He's got the number one on his... He's just that numpty friend that we all had that just had to ruin everything and... I'm holding it in. So, yes. So, they are all recruited to help Timber uh, gain back his island from the evil Wiz Pig. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, we'll be going into the gameplay in a minute. But, yeah, the mission is is to send Wiz Pig packing off to future Funland slash Moron Mountain um, and send him back home. What a great storyline for a racing game. Awesome. So we go on to Mario Kart 64's storyline. They're just, they're just racing for some reason. Not really made clear why. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're racing. Dowdy. Um, and then um, basically, yeah, you get a trophy from an inflatable fish at the end, which is nice. Look, yeah, I know you're going to me. It's a racing game, Cliff. It doesn't need Ocarina of Time level of story. I get that. Um, it was nice, you know, that Diddy Kong Racing made that effort. And do, when we go into gameplay, you, even though there are similarities between the two games, they are two separate entities. And there's two things, you know, they both have their amazing things. This just doesn't have a storyline. So we, um, yeah, it's the sequel to obviously 1992's uh, Mario Kart, uh, which came out for the SNES, uh, Ash Versus. It's not as good as the N64. Um, now... There has been some changes. Uh, there's been two characters gone and two characters brought in. So uh, you still have Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, uh, uh, Yoshi, and Toad from the original. Uh, however, um, Donkey Kong Jr. has been replaced by the more rare version of uh, Donkey Kong with the tie. Um, because obviously um, when this gets... Mario Kart 64, sorry, Mario Kart came out in 1992, whereas uh, Donkey Kong Country came out in 1994, so it was nice to see, uh, yeah, Donkey Kong return, and maybe that's why he wasn't involved uh, with the original, um, 
who knows um actually i haven't done my research into that you may well be doing research now and going actually cliff that's exactly why because rare had the rights and blah, blah, blah. um also it sees uh cooper trooper be taken out and be replaced by wario because obviously wario came out uh he, his first appearance on a nintendo console was the same year that mario kart came out so he was in he was first ever appearance was on uh was on um, Super Mario Land 2. So it was nice to see Wario board be brought in there. Also, you know, in the baddies to goodies uh, ratio, you're still keeping it two and two. Uh, I suppose you could call a Koopa Trooper baddie. Yeah, 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 we're going to say that. Um, yeah, so it's keeping it two and two with obviously Bowser there as well. Um, but it's, it's just a classic racer. Um, it doesn't necessarily need a storyline, and that's not a bad thing. However without you know it's this is this whole section's about storyline and these two games were being created at the same time you've got to the point and the jinjo has to go to diddy kong racing it has to um it, i know a lot of people be crying out saying it is a racing game it doesn't need one but the storyline it has to go to it and also hashtag justice for timber Timber deserves this award. This award's not for Diddy Kong. Eh, 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 eh. This award is for Timber. Timber, take that award. Take a bow. We are going to gain you back your computer game. Yes, Timber, this is yours. <laughs> So the first Jinjo goes to Diddy Kong Racing. But this is, in my opinion, the most important out of them. And that is gameplay. That's, that's that thing that makes you come back to a game time and time after again. again. And that's how that game makes you feel. Uh, how the game is to control um, the different aspects of that game, uh, be that boat power-ups or anything along those lines, or how it genuinely feels and how it immerses you into that world. Because Storyline can, um, but for both of these games being racing games, to, in my opinion, this is the strongest one. Um, and it was lovely to go back and visit both of these games. It was actually a joy um, I really enjoyed, you know, the last week just solely playing on the two games and getting a feel for them, sort of spending one evening on uh, Diddy Kong Racing, another on Mario Kart 64. Um, it, it was a fairly enjoyable experience. I'm not talking this is Superman 64 where I'm going to shoot something down. Both games are incredible. So let's start off with Diddy Kong Racing because Diddy Kong Racing does have a lot of different areas so obviously you're going around and you have an island map um so you're going around timbers island just a hashtag justice for timber um you know when you're going around these different areas and you've got dino domain snowflake mountain sherbet island um sherbet comes up quite a bit in this and uh, dragon forest and the mission behind these are obviously each of these zones have their different courses 
Um, and you, the aim of the game is to gain golden balloons. More golden balloons you get, more unlocks, more areas you can go to. Um, so fundamentally, it's, it starts off like you would a normal racing game where you go into it and you just face off against that level and try and get first. And it starts off incredibly easy. Um, and then as you go through, you get more and more and more challenging courses. Um, and they are challenging. Some of these courses have not been built for anything but to test gamers. And fundamentally, that's that's what you want. You want to be tested. However, then you come on to the different areas and you have you have the battle zones um, as well, uh, which to unlock those in each area on one of the courses, there's a key. Um, some of those, like on the first level you find, so the first course uh, circuit, you find the first key um, to unlock the Diner Domain one. And obviously it gets harder and harder to find these keys as the game goes along, as they stick them behind houses, on top of drawbridges, so on and so forth. So what do you do with your lovely keys once you get them? You go to the battle zones and you get... <laughs> lovely song. Um, and then you get to uh, face off in four separate challenges. Uh, two of them are very similar to the other two. Um, it basically, the first ones you're looking at, sort of Dino Domain, you've got Fire Mountain. Fire Mountain, it's a mission to go and collect all the eggs. And uh, yeah, once you put them in your nest... People can steal them until they hatch, and that can get really bloody annoying if you keep collecting eggs and people can stealing them. Um, so it's a real good. Uh, it's really entertaining, actually. Dino Domain is so Fire Mountain. That that's really entertaining, and it's really, you know, it's challenging. It's really, really challenging to actually win. It's not the case of you can run away with it. Um, and the AI is very, very clever um, that it will just go and collect your bloody egg as soon as you drop it. And in a multiplayer element as well, it is that lovely aspect of, you know, trying to peeve off your friends. Um, and then we come to another similar one to that one, and that is the last domain, and that is uh, Dragon Forest. When you collect that key, uh, it unlocks uh, Smoky Castle. Smoky Castle is the same sort of concept, but this time with bananas. Uh, and it's a matter of collecting your bananas and go and put them in your chest. Once they're in your chest, they're safe, they're well. You don't have to worry about people stealing them. But once you collect that banana, obviously it is a mission to get back to your chest before someone shoots you and steals your banana you win 10 of them you win the round um both really you know interesting concepts and immensely fun to play i mean that on a single player element or a multiplayer element both of those are really different and if you look at let's say the other two areas which is uh, so two other battle zones which is icicle pyramid and dark water beach uh, those two are very much more that traditional battle element so you get a certain amount of health and it's literally just shoot each other up and make try and make each other slip up and things along those lines uh, by collecting the balloons to uh, we'll go into balloons in a minute but yeah collecting the different color balloons to get the sort of ammo and shoot each other down um, we will go into it because Mario has a very similar element. Um, it is slightly different and I, I really want to go into that area when we go into Mario's um, to sort of pair them off against each other. Because Diddy Kong Racing then goes into a completely different area that I, I can't ever remember seeing on a, 
another N64 racing game, and that is that boss element. So you're getting in each level, once you've completed all of the levels and collected the the uh, the golden balloons from each of those uh, circuits, you then unlock the boss, which, uh, yeah, each level has a guardian or boss. Um, you're looking at tricky triceratops for the uh, Dino Domain. You've got Bluey Warrus uh, for uh, Snowflake Mountain. You've got Blubber the Octopus for Sherbet Island. And then you've got Smokey the Dragon for Dragon Forest. Obviously, you know, it's named after a dragon and, yeah, just dragons everywhere, isn't it? Um, so if we're looking at that boss element, this is where Diddy Kong Racing can feel like you're tearing your hair out. Literally tearing your hair out. Because if you've ever done these boss battles and you've never done them before, or if you go back and visit them, my God, if you can't remember how to beat them, I'm, I'm talking like the first time around. So you face them off. We'll go into a little bit more. So first time around, you face off against them. You uh, then beat them. You then have to revisit every level and win the level but collect these silver coins. Then, after doing every single one of those levels and collecting every single silver coin, then you go and face the boss again. However, the boss, there's additional annoyances. Now, if you look at those two concepts of the boss battles and the um, the silver coin challenge, this is where Diddy Kong Racing converge from fun to frustrating in a second and i mean like you can be on a boss for 41 goes sometimes you know you're sat there 41 times you've got to complete these bosses perfectly you cannot make a single mistake if you make a mistake that's it you're done you have to hit the restart button and same with the silver coin challenges they st it, it's almost like whoever created diddy kong racing just went do you know what i'm gonna stick it right by the water Right by the water there. Yeah, and then you go for that silver and you fall in the water and you're down to eighth. And you're spending the whole time, one, trying to collect these bloody silver coins. And two, trying to make up your positions on the racetrack. You know, it, it, yes, it's challenging, but it verges on the way of frustrating, especially those boss battles. Like, you, you can literally be sat there until one o'clock in the morning and go, just one more go. Just one more go. I need to beat this boss. And then when you figure out and you crack it and you, you know, you haven't cheated. You haven't gone on YouTube and found out actually how to beat it. You know, you see somebody else's run and you go, oh, that's, that's fairly obvious now. If, if you genuinely do it properly and you don't use a cheat, once you've cracked it the once, you go back and do it again. And you just seem to smash it every time. And it's, it, as I said, it verges on the way of frustrating both of those. However, if you get through both of those, you complete the boss for the second time. You've collected all your silver ruddy coins. You go to what a race game's all about. And that's the Grand Prix modes in race games. Or is this known as the Golden Trophy Challenge? So with this Golden Trophy Challenge, it is that concept of whatever position you finish, you end up on points like you do with Grand Prix. And this, to me, is fundamentally what a racing game's all about. 
you can have the best storyline you can have the best adventure modes you can have the most immersive music it doesn't matter with racing games this is where it comes down to this is the playability this is that playability this is that comeback ability uh place and you know it by comes you know after about three hours of playing the game fundamentally it's about three hours i was playing the game until i got to that gp mode why people buy racing games um and you know and then after you've done the gp mode and you've had lots of fun with that you've got other elements as well that you could do tt's and uh, you can do his challenges his t- time challenges which are really entertaining yet again challenging but not verging on that way of frustrating um as the other two do and once you've completed all of the uh, domains and you've completed all the bosses then you finally get to race off against Wizpig. so another boss battle uh with him running an incredibly quick speed compared to a you know a motorized car um but you have to then beat him then once you beat him you think the game's over and they're all having a lovely party on the beach until Wizpig the numpty comes along and ruins it for timber because it's timber's party because timber at the end of the day is his bloody island it's even named after the bloody sod it's his game it's his party right moving on um then that horrible Wizpig comes along and ruins it for everyone and says yeah i'll be back and then his spaceship comes down shoots them off and then you come back into the you, you get the end of scene credits however you drive along to for some reason the lighthouse that is actually a spaceship no this isn't doctor who this is yeah this is a racing game you get into the lighthouse and then it blasts off without it changing at all Okay, and then you go to uh, Future Funland uh, or <coughs> more on Mountain, um, and then you've got other races, other challenges. You seem to just jump straight into the Silver Coin Challenge again. Um, these levels are actually really entertaining. You've got moments actually where you're flying along in a uh, in a uh, in your aeroplane, and it's almost like you're going down the Death Star run um, as you've got things shooting off against you. Really entertaining levels. Um, and then you get to face off against stupidly hard Wizpig. Yet again, you're going to be pumping in. As long as you don't cheat and go onto YouTube and figure out how to beat him, you are going to be putting in a fair few, about, I would say, at least 45 minutes into beating Wizpig. Once that's done, Wizpig is gone, and everyone can celebrate Timber's victory. Yes, Timber's victory. Yes, yes. Even though Taj, because I haven't gone into Taj, Taj the genie that helps you through, doesn't really help you. He just converts you into different vehicles. Um, he gets his golden face where Wizpig's face was. And uh, yeah, yeah, still Timber's Island though. Taj, don't you start being that <laughs> Diddy Kong is. That's Timber's Island. No, no one else is. Timber's Island, Taj. Don't start. <sighs> justice for timber justice for timber um so yeah that as i said it, it for gameplay it very much you know it, it's it adds a lot of different things in um it is something different every time 
However, for me, that bird, you know, the burdening on frustrating uh, was definitely something that came up for me time and time again. So let's go into Mario Kart 64. As I said, I sort of jokingly laughed at the beginning saying, well, they're just racing for some reason. That's what racing games are. You know, if you fundamentally break anything down, uh, wrestling, there's just some blokes in uh, shorts, uh, you know, fighting each other. If you're looking at Formula One, oh, well, it's just some guys going around in very expensive cars. Um, you, you break anything down like that, it's going to sound moronic. You know, football, where it's just blokes chasing a leather ball. It's the most frustrating thing if you enjoy something in this world that somebody breaks it down that much. So apologies if I did it. I did it for, yeah, to annoy you. Um, so we go into uh, Mario Kart 64. Um, it's very, very much, as I said, based off of that GP mode uh, that you've got four GPs to complete. You've got uh, Mushroom Cup. You've got with uh, Luigi's Raceway, Moo Moo Farm, Koopa Troopa Beach, and Calamari Desert. Calamari Desert, still one of those iconic. And you're going to hear this a lot. Toby, stop it. I can see you doing the gestures for iconic. Stop it. Um, iconic circuits. And that's the main thing. It's iconic tracks. Flower Cup, you've got tur Toad Turnpipe, one of my favourites again. Uh, Frappe, this is one thing, Frappe Snowland. Were Frappes around in the 90s? I think this is a very naughties things, wasn't it, Frappuccinos? Maybe I'm wrong, but a Frappe was, to me, very, very naughties slash teens. I, is, was it a 90s thing? A Frappuccino? Anyway, Frappy Snowland, uh, Coco Mountain, and Mario Raceway, which if you're after a true circuit, uh, we'll go into drifting and uh, streaming, uh, slipstreaming in a minute, but it, oh, it, Mario Raceway, great circuit. Uh, Star Cup, you've got Wario Stadium, uh, you've got uh, Sherbert's Land, look, that is crapped up again, Sherbert Land, so we've gone from Sherbert Island to Sherbert Land. You wish that Rare had spoken to Nintendo about names. Uh, yes, yeah, so you've got Sherbert Land. You've got the Royal Raceway, another, another great track. Uh, Bowser's Castle, very challenging but enjoyable track. And you're going to hear that a lot as well as iconic, enjoyable track. Um, and then you go on to Special Cup, which is DK Jungle uh, Pathway. Yoshi Valley, yet again, enjoyable. Uh, Yoshi Valley, enjoyable. Uh, Banshee uh, Broadwalk, which can be challenging, uh, but enjoyable. Um, and then Rainbow Road. Now, do you know what? I've actually just got off of a Discord chat about Rainbow Road. Um, and uh, this is uh, Under Consultation's Discord chat. As I've said before, go and give them a listen. Show by show, breakdown of the greatest computer games TV show around, and that is Games Master. And we, obviously, I, I put up last night that I was playing again, and uh, Rainbow Road got bought up. And this morning, actually, um, a conversation started about that element of Robo Rainbow Road on the N64. It is too long. Even if, uh, as Mr. Luke Owen said, even if you are doing the cheat that you're just sort of jumping on the first uh, rampway coming down, it's way too long. It is the Nürburgring of uh, computer games. Nürburgring, sorry, Nürburg? Nürburgring. Um, if you're a racing fan, you know how long that Nürburgring is to complete in a very fast car. It can take you about 10 minutes or so. Um, I don't know what the... Uh... Oh, that's something I'm going to look up for. What is the... 
records on the Nürburgring. Stop calling it the Nürburgring. Anyway, it's way too long. And also, there's barriers up the whole time. So you you know how much I love the N64 and how I will defend that it is better than the SNES till the end of time. However, that first Rainbow Road, obviously it was very flat. Um, It didn't have the ups and downs and the 3D element of what the N64 does. But it was challenging. It was proper end-of-the-line challenging. This is tedious. Rainbow Road on the N64 is tedious. I don't know why they've made it so simple. I don't get it. But Rainbow Road, it is iconic. You know, you when you think Mario Kart, you talk about Rainbow Road. And that's because of how, how much of a bitch it was to complete. Even if you're looking at, let's say, you know, we'll go on to what happens, what, where are they now and later. But you look at Super Circuit, which came out for the Game Boy Advance. That was a challenging Rainbow Road. That's one of those fist pump moments when you complete it. Rainbow Road for the N64 is the most boring track I've ever raced in a computer game. Fundamentally, the most boring. However, come back to that word, iconic. It was iconic. And obviously, we we mentioned last time around on the Diddy Kong, it had its battle zones. So with Diddy Kong, you had bananas. And you uh, started with eight bananas and you battled off against each other. Uh, with the battle zones in um, we, in Mario 64, you had three balloons. Now, less is more. We're going to hear that towards the end of this segment. Less is more. Now, the thing is, is when you have three balloons, one, you don't take as much risk. And two... The games can be over a lot quicker, which if you're looking on that multiplayer element of, you know, shooting each other down, if we're comparing the two battle modes, that's where Mario Kart 64 beats Diddy Kong Racing. It is that quickness, that, you know, element of, you know, that it's it's like if you have a kill um, uh, mode. So in other words, you, you... you die you the game ends when you have a certain amount of deaths on let's say golden eye and you know cards or anything like that that's more enjoyable than a time limit because with a time limit it can drag and you can start to get to that element of well i know who's won because that they they've killed they've got the golden gun and we haven't been able to kill them and they've got eight kills so you know who's winning so there is an element of that you start to switch off from the game with Mario Kart 64 with the balloon element it is that element of the, people can get killed off quite quick succession you know if you're if you're gunning for you know your mate Phil who's a bit of a knob and you're all aiming for Phil and you're all going for Phil because you know Phil's a bit of a dickhead it's hard to take out Phil on Diddy Kong Racing than it is Mario Kart yeah, yeah I, I think with multiplayer there is that element of risk, um, and especially in a battle mode, any form of battle mode. So that's why I left Diddy Kong talking about those two sort of shooty battle modes um, to this point. Because Mario Kart, you know, it, it beats it. And you've got four very different levels. You've got Big Donuts, you've got Block Fort, 
Got double deck, deck, not double decker. I'm maybe thinking about chocolate. Maybe it's getting to lunchtime. Uh, double deck and then skyscraper. Three, uh, four levels that are very, very, you know, different from one another. Now, we're going into the realms of shooting each other. So, to do that, you need power-ups. So, I'm going to go through the sort of power-ups from both games. So, with Diddy Kong Racing, it was a matter of that you had to collect certain balloons of certain colours. Um, and the more you collected of them, it made the power-up sometimes stronger, sometimes not as strong. Uh, but we'll go into those now. Uh, so, Red Balloon, is that not so strong when you get to the end, in my opinion? Um, so, you have a single rocket. You have homing or you have 10 rockets. Now, with Diddy Kong Racing, it's very much harder to figure out where you're going to shoot with one of those rockets. Um, it, it, I don't know why, but for some reason, it seems to just change sides every time you're firing a rocket. So you think, oh, I've got it. Oh, no. No, it's gone slightly to the left or it's gone slightly to the right. Um, so when you collect one of them, you get the single then you get the homing. The homing's the game changer for me. You know, you're going to get two red balloons. You want that homing missile to sit on that. And then you get ten. Now, the problem is, is unlike Mario Kart, which we'll go into in a minute, if you get one of these balloons, that's me, you can't get any more red balloons. If you're just going to sit on the home, homing missile, you can't collect any of the other balloon colours. You can't collect your own balloon colour. You'll lose it. So let's go into those other blue, uh, those other colours. So you have blue balloon, which gave you a boost. So single, double, triple, best way of putting it. Uh, the green, which were the drops. So you had an ore drop, a mine drop, or a bubble drop. Uh, you had the yellow, which was like a shield. So you had single, double, or triple, best way of putting it. And then you had the rainbow balloons, which was a magnet. Now these are my... I think the rainbow balloons don't appear as much in the levels but i think it was actually a really different concept that you bought the player in front of you to you so it depends how close you were to them so if you only had one of the uh, rainbow balloons then you're not going to bring them from you had to be right up their bottoms uh then you had a double strength and then you had the opposite oh sorry apologies rainbow balloon <laughs> brought you towards someone so it would bring you towards another racer um so yeah so double a uh, single and double uh yet the third one was a reverse so it actually brought someone to you which was great i thought i thought that was really good but they, can you find a rainbow balloon in it they're not on every level and there's only usually one so that by means by the time you've gone around the track and it's i i think in 90 percent of the time track so once you get that reverse one you're finishing the race anyway and they're in a very obscure area anyway that you have to sort of veer off by that time you're usually at the front so yeah um and then we go into mario kart 64 and this is you know very much how mario kart's gone from its inception is that you get the item boxes and you get something at random so if that's a mushroom that could be a single mushroom a triple mushroom or a super mushroom you can get a fake item you can get a banana or a bunch of bananas you can get the shells, which are the green and red. Obviously, the green are just normal fiery shells, um, and the red are homing shells. Um, and then you can get a star, which every Mario game, you know, it needs a star in there, doesn't it? It's a Mario game. You get the Thunderbolt, which obviously makes everybody itty bitty bitty bitty, itty bitty little space, living space. Um, and then you get the booze, which turn you invisible, usually give you a drop item at the end, and you get. 
the iconic here we go back out get back again toby you know i'm not even doing a podcast with you but i can see you doing that bloody pose um the spiny shell so that means that thing is getting the leader that thing is going for the leader now in the way of power-ups mario kart 64 wins it for me yet again fun to frustrating in that way of let's say you you've you're sat on 10 rockets and you accidentally clip a green and get an oil spill it's frustrating also with the way of mario kart 64 if you had bananas or a shell you can fire them forwards and you can fire them backwards so that means that if you're in the front nine times out of ten unless you've got one of the uh oil drops Whatever you're going to do, it's absolutely pointless. Absolutely pointless if you get a rocket. You can't fire them backwards. You can only fire them forwards. So it's it, it's pointless in Diddy Kong Racing. Yet you can fire shells, I believe only the green ones, backwards. Um, and also you can put them around the back of you, which means that... Or you can put them around you as a nice shield or put them behind you if they're the banana's like a tail. So that means you can collect another one and have something in reserve. Which means it's more fun. You know, it's more fun to sit there with your hand on the Z button, you know, holding that bloody shell behind you. One, it's going to act as a shield if anybody aims for you. And two, it's just, yeah, it's it's nicer to know, okay, what's next? It's that surprise element. And actually, if you look in, you know, so power-ups, Mario Kart 64, for me, does it. Um, if you're looking at actually how it feels as well, both have a drifting mechanism we've obviously we night if you're in the us hello you had a quicker refresh rate than we did on pal um but if you're looking at drifting and that element of racing mario kart 64 feels like you're racing more and actually the ai keeps up with you a lot better in diddy kong racing you can almost be lapping the group behind you can almost be lapping on certain levels the group behind if it's an easier call, the circuit. Where we've did it as with Mario Kart 64, you tend to get two others that are matching you. And that creates a challenge. Doesn't matter if you're on the uh, the 50cc, the 100cc, or the 150cc, or even the extra, you know, it, it still makes it enjoyable. And it still makes it fun because you're being challenged. But you're not frustrated. We come back to that word. Frustrated. Because it's either one too easy or too too hard. Um, and also with Mario Kart, it used something called slipstreaming. So if you're into racing games, you know that to slipstream someone, you stay behind them. It, you know, aerodynamically it means that the air is going to go... Uh, over that car which means that the air is the clean air isn't hitting you which means that you will gain speed and mario kart 64 for a game of this time had slip streaming which is incredible um it adds that element of you know you know a bit more of a racing element so we come to the summary of gameplay now, obviously, DK does have unlockable characters. It does have unlockable areas. It, it very much builds you to go through that storyline of what Rare used very well with platformers, that you, you're going from A to B. However, as I said, 
it borderlines on frustrating. Even though I love Diddy Kong Racing, I made that clear in the prologue, I would vote for Diddy Kong Racing to win this in the way of gameplay. The reason why Mario Kart is around today, there might be other reasons why Diddy Kong Racing is not around today. We'll go into that and where are they now? But there's a reason why it's standed the test of time. It's enjoyable on a single player, on a multiplayer. It makes you come back. In the way of the uh, the item crates, you, you are getting something random every time. In a way of your friends, you know, peeing off Jeff or whoever I called him. Uh, hello, my name's Jeff. Um, so, you know, you you have that element of randomness. You have that element of enjoyment. And also, as I said so many times before, iconic. Even though Rainbow Road was not Rainbow Road, what we expect from other, you know, other Rainbow Roads that were out there, it was still enjoyable. So, ladies and gentlemen, the winner for the Jinjo for gameplay is Mario Kart 64. Oof, that was a slog, wasn't it? Oof. Now, <laughs> this one's less of a slog. And that's visual and sound. Because it fundamentally, both... Right, we're going sound first. I can't... I can't... I can't... Separate the two. Beautiful music to both of them. Um, beautiful sound effects... Um, I, I mean, sound, it immerses you. I, I can't split the two. There's not really much to say on sound. They're both equally awesome. But, graphics. Right, here we go. <sighs> I'll just block my Twitter while you listen to this. Right, so... Diddy Kong Racing, completely immersive uh, 3D land uh, for games. These two games came out at the same time. I will reiterate this. These two games came out at the same time. 3D modeling used on DK64, and that isn't just for the um, that isn't just for the characters. That's for the stages. That's for absolutely everything. Everything was 3D models. Everything was 3D models. Before you shoot me down in a minute on Twitter, everything was 3D models. You know, even to the point of when they honk the horn. Yeah, you don't get horns on uh, Mario Kart, but when they honk the horn, then my hand moves to the horn. Mario Kart 64 cannot win this. Through the pure fact of we were in the 64-bit generation the 64-bit 3D generation. Nintendo had created Mario 64 completely 3D at this time. Completely 3D. No 2D rendering. No 2D rendering happened there. However, I don't know why. Don't know if it's because they wanted to rush it out. They used 2D rendering on Mario Kart 64. Now... That can add to a charm of a computer game. 
But if we're comparing the two games, Mario Kart 64 can't win this on the basis of graphics. Can't win it. Even, you know, we're looking at bosses. We're lo- Sorry, the little things that try and stop you in your way. Everything. Absolutely everything. 2D rendered. I, I can't, you know, as I said, this is going to be a brief one. Because I cannot give this to Mario Kart. You know, it was, as I said, we were in the 64-bit era. This should have been completely... 3D. So, with a very quickly, for sound and more importantly, graphics, it has to go to Diddy Kong Racing. I'm blocking my Twitter. I can hear it now. I can hear you now going, it's 2D rendering at the end of the day. You can't. If I'm saying visuals and graphics, sorry, uh, the audio and graphics, I can't go against that fact that Mario Kart, they've just taken pictures and then just rendered that on there. And it can make it clunky. It can. You know, even when you, you win a trophy, go and win a trophy on Mario Kart now and watch those guys spin around. Go and watch it. Because the only 3D thing there is the f***ing fish. And that fish is terrible. Why has he got the trophy? I'm not doing that. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not being that person. But yeah, that's the only thing there. And they've just, yeah. They, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Goes to Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> So, it is 2-1 to Diddy Kong Racing. Should be Timber Racing. Hashtag justice for Timber! Um, Yeah, and we come into the last two. And these are the critic scores and your scores. Okay? At the end of the day, the critics at the time, comparing it uh, to other games on the market and what has been before... Versus you guys, the longevity of these products. And we're going to do a where are they now at the end, which will fundamentally see who the real victor is out of this. Now, if you're looking at the critics, first of all, the critics, both of these games, as I said before, I, I, I thought for some reason in my head there was about a year between the two games. There was months between the two games, which meant that they were directly competing off against each other. So we look at awards, and actually the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences held the award for what was the best racing game that year. And two of the two of the combat- combatants were Diddy Kong Racing and Mario Kart 64. And Diddy Kong Racing won that award, which is a prestigious award. And it won. It beat Mario Kart. And actually, if you have a look into the reviews, please go and look into them. Because at the time, it was very much seen as, uh, you know, we were talking about Rainbow Road being completely different. And, it, you know, in hindsight, it was they changed that. 
However, there was a lot of criticisms of, well, it's just the same game as we had for the SNES, but now in 3D with 2D rendering. Um, it's, it was that element of there's nothing new here. Compared to Diddy Kong Racing, which this was before any of their platformers came out, which if you look at it hindsight, it's a very similar format of what you see in Banjo-Kazooie. Um, it's a very similar format of what we will see in um, Conquer. Um, you know, it's that element of having worlds and then different areas in that world. Um, and an overall sort of arcing world around that where you go and explore. Very similar to Mario, Mario 64, to be honest. Now, if we were to look at you guys. So, products sold. So, how many did they shift? So, we start with Diddy Kong Racing. 4.5 million units shifted worldwide. That's not a bad number. You know, at a new franchise, uh, Rare were definitely not the force to be reckoned with. You know, with Battletoads and Donkey Kong Country, which was a huge success. Um, you know, and prior to that, this was their first real attempt to bring those IPs that had worked so well on the SNES over. And the major one of that was, of course, Donkey Kong Country. Now, so 4.5 million, not to be sniffed at. However, Mario Kart 64... 9.8 million more than double the units that Diddy Kong Racing shifted more than double the units and in fact it is the second bestseller on the N64 it was the second bestseller on the N64 that is incredible an incredible amount of numbers to shift and that may well lie into what you guys think of it so let's go into what you guys really thought of Mario Kart 64 and Diddy Kong Racing. So before we go into the scores, let's go into the comments because I asked you guys to rate them. We had 16 votes. Thank you so much for everybody who voted. Um, but I also asked you guys to comment and some lovely people did comment. Friends of uh, N64 life. Um, and thank you so, so much for getting involved you know, a prologue is a bit of a daunting place because you're going into a market with a completely new broadcast and you think, I'm putting up a poll. Is anyone going to interact with this? So thank you so, so much for every single vote and comment out there. I really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you. And hopefully we'll be getting even bigger numbers for the next one. Um, so as this goes on. So first of all, uh, as I said, all friends of myself uh, and the podcast and other podcasts that I do. Um, so first of all, Gaff Butler, a man from up north. Uh, so yeah, he, he says, I got DKR uh, as one of my first games over Mario Kart. Uh, the variation of vehicles and also having the genuine quest slash story mode made it superior. Also, Rare could do no could not do it could do oh my god hang on put me teeth back could do no wrong at, on that console which i totally agree and so unfortunately we've got some bad news when we go where are they now really uh and then yannick the curator of the uh, vbw library uh welcome um uh he says uh, mario kart 64 for me one of the best racing games ever and then we have a man that I'm very well acquainted with. 
talking about other podcasts. Hello, TD. All right. All right, sweetie. I see you with your T-shirt printer. Yeah. Yeah, what are you putting on the back of that football top? Huh? Okay. Right, let's go on to the podcast. So, uh, TD, TDC, uh, so at um, Barnum FC, uh, go and give him a follow. Uh, he says, Mario Kart was the game that got all the credit. But, but, Diddy Kong Racing was the far superior racer. Being able to use hovercraft on land, sign nine-year-old Toby up. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you how old I was. I was older than you. Um, and we only had really one sort of comment, and this just proves it. As I said before, people that defend Diddy Kong Racing are very vocal. Mario Kart, not so much. So we have one of my dear old friends, Mr. Daniel Mattingly. Uh, hello, Mr. Mattingly. Uh, he says Mario Kart 64. Uh, which I used to play this game with him, which is great, actually. I need to get him on the podcast. There's a few people from my childhood I'll be getting on the podcast. Daniel will definitely be one of them because these are people that, at that time, I played the computer games with. So Mario Kart 64, Rainbow Road, a visual sugar rush, a trip without having to guzzle a load of Harry Bow and Red Bull. I really did wonder where we were going with that one, Dan. You're quite a straight edge. I didn't didn't think you were going to say something else, but we used to also play other games at that time. Do you remember Rock Band on your your old PC? (laughs) Yeah. Used to ask you, what drugs do you want to take and stuff like that? Me and 10-year-old Daniel used to load up our Rock Band. That's all I'm going to say. So, you know, there was only really one comment coming from that that was from uh, somebody defending Mario Kart 64. And I think that's very, very much the case is that people are very vocal with Diddy Kong Racing. So, who won your vote? If you've been cheeky, you would have checked on Twitter already, wouldn't you, really? Because it was, nevertheless, a bit of a landslide. Because 19% to 81, Mario Kart 64 gets the Jinjo, and it's now level. (sighs) Here we go. So, as I said, the critics at this time, and I've been on Metascore to just make sure, because I said that I'll go via IGN, it's exactly the same, and in fact, a larger margin on Metascore. So, even though Mario Kart 64 shifted 9.8 million units to Diddy Kong's 4.5, that's quite evident in the score that we just saw. The final Jinjo goes to. With the score of 8.4 against Mario Kart's 8.1, the victor for the first battle for Jinjos is Diddy Kong Racing. Do you know what? It's a weird feeling because... I think you go back and listen to the prologue. I almost asked you guys to vote for Diddy Kong Racing because I loved or love Diddy Kong Racing. But I've just spent the week on both games. I've spent the week on both games. 
And I don't know. I, I, I don't know if my mind's been changed, but obviously with gameplay, as you just heard, is that Mario's Kart 64, there's a reason why people come back to that. There is a reason. And I mean, if you still own your N64 and you or an emulator, you need both of these games in your life. Diddy Kong Racing will always have a charm to me, but I've definitely, over the last week, grown to respect and not put down Mario Kart 64. So I think that's a big moment for me. Uh, after 20-odd years, I'm saying, look, I was wrong. Mario Kart 64 is a great game. And to be honest, if you... If I was to really sit here like I have been, you, you can notice I've swung from back to from left to right to left to right. Any of these games could have won this. And it is a victory for Diddy Kong Racing, but a tight victory. A very, very tight victory. And it would be good to actually compare both of these games against others. You know, especially, you know, you've got uh, Rave Racer, uh, you've got, you know, games with a similar sort of funky format that is on a story mode like um, Pilot Wings 64, you know, because Diddy Kong Racing does take elements of all of those games, including Mario Kart 64, and really blends it into one. But really what we've learned from all of this is, why didn't Timber get the title? It's his game! Ah, oh, this is why it's a hollow victory for me. Should have been Timber's game. Diddy Kong, what a <laughs> Anyway, let's go on to where are they now, shall we? Because we we know, we'll, we'll start with Mario Kart, because we know where they are now. They've had numerous games, and in fact, the sequel to this, the true sequel, which was on the GameCube, which was Mario Kart Double Dash, beats Diddy Kong Racing. Mario Kart Double Dash is the best character-driven racing game there is. It's brilliant. If you own a GameCube, you need to go and buy it. It needs to be part of your collection. That, to me, is the pinnacle of all of these ideas. And it's unfortunate that, you know, one, I said from day one, I'll just concentrate on the N64. I won't go into the GameCube. But even if we had, there was no sequel to Diddy Kong Racing um there was going to be um instead of Timber Timber wasn't actually involved in the uh he wasn't going to be involved with it um but you had Donkey Kong Racing which was in the works in 2001 2002 and uh he, he, he had even been shown so demo videos had been shown uh, where you race as um, some of the Donkey Kong Country uh, or Donkey Kong 64 characters. So you could either race as Donkey Kong, uh, you could race as Tiny Kong, you could race as uh, Diddy Kong, <laughs> off its Timbers game. Um, you could race as Taj, uh, the genie from Diddy Kong Racing. And it was coming away from that kart element because obviously if they had created another kart game against Mario Kart's kart game, it was a similar situation where you've got two very similar products. And in fact, what was going to be on that game was uh, that you would be racing on um, 
some of the animals that you're able to control, like the rhino. I can't remember his name. That's really bad research. I remember the uh, swordfish was called On Guard. Am I right? On Guard. I want to say I'm right with that. Um, the ostrich, you, you would race with these animals and actually be able to level them up. The smaller animal you had, the more nippy it was. The bigger animal you had, the more strong it was. And it was meant to be, yet again, in a more immersive ro uh, sort of land like Diddy Kong Racing. However, they were saying that they want the tracks and the environment sort of all blend into one. So... It, it was a really good concept, and we, you know, rumor has it we actually saw that game. Go and check it out. Um, not for me to say, I'm N64. Um, but yeah, it, it was such a shame that we never saw it. It was such a shame we never saw it. Um, and we did see another Diddy Kong Racing game, uh, ten years uh, after these uh, the original on the DS. We saw pretty much a carbon copy come over to the DS um, with the added, uh, you know, taking away uh, Banjo and Conker and actually putting Tiny Kong and uh, Dixie Kong into there as well. So it was still based off of the same storyline. So now that is double hashtag justice for Timber. Because look, it, it, it was technically the uh, successor to Diddy Kong Racing and he bought more of his friends from his island. But more of his friends. Diddy Kong. What a d Um, And yeah, it was just a, such a shame we never saw it. Obviously, we, you know, it was, it was nice actually doing this that I will go more into these podcasts and I may well dedicate a whole podcast to the collapse of the rare Nintendo uh, relationship and then fundamentally Activision. You imagine, before we go into who actually eventually bought them, you know who bought them. You're listening to this podcast. You imagine if Activision had bought bloody rare. God, we would have got Call of Duty, Diddy Kong Racing. Well, it's actually Timber trying to save his parents. Um, so, and then Microsoft. Um, obviously, Microsoft eventually buying them out. Um, it, it's, it is a really interesting subject, and it would be nice. Um, I will be reaching out to possibly people that used to work for rare um it would be really interesting to get their take on it as well but it, it is a really interesting subject and i think that rare was such an important part of uh the n64's lifespan i think that needs a whole episode dedicated to itself however characters from diddy kong racing were to come off better than diddy kong racing obviously the first one to start off with is banjo Banjo, excluding nuts and bolts. F*** nuts and bolts. Um, Banjo fundamentally went on to whoop some ass. And he is currently whooping some ass, appearing in Smash Brothers. Um, which is just makes me smile. Banjo, you know, he's still around. He's a legend. He's just such great games. Obviously, for the N64 area era, we have Banjo-Kazooie. We have Banjo-Tooie. Um, where he would go on to have a third uh, game on the DS as well, and uh, one on the Microsoft. We're not going to talk about that. F nuts and bolts. Um, he would go on to have a very successful career. Ah, see, that's good. That's come from Diddy Kong Racing, isn't there? Uh, tipped up the tortoise, um, which I didn't actually put two and two together. Appears in both Banjo Kazooie. And Banjo Tooie. So, if you didn't know who he was, uh, he is the choir master in Banjo Kazooie. We have to hit the turtles in a certain order, or tortoises. 
Um, sorry, they're more tortoises. They're not turtles. I'm not American. It's tortoise. America, tortoise. Um, you have to hit them in a certain order. Um, and then you had him in Banjo-Tooie as well, where he has an egg, and then you get tipped up junior. So he went on to appear in other games. Uh, Crunch. Uh, Crunch wasn't actually a credited character in anything. However, Crunchy's look was very much taken over to... Uh, did it donkey kong 64 and how the critters looked with their little rock jackets on um so they weren't naked anymore like they were in the days of uh the snares they were you know wearing their lovely rock jackets now the one that oh, oh, oh sorry before that obviously unfortunately he is doing well in recovery um he he is supposedly sober now until his next game but yeah, unfortunately, the downward spiral that was Diddy Kong Racing sent Conquer into drink and drugs and, uh, you know, all sorts of misdemeanors. Obviously, he had bank- Conquer's Bad Fur Day um, and then, obviously, the Microsoft uh, remake, which was called... Uh, was it Conquer Reloaded? I can't remember. Okay, let's send 64. I'm not doing the research beyond that. Um, so, yeah, so obviously came out for the uh, Xbox 360. Um, the one that got me was the first damn boss. So the thing that I spent a good old two hours on in both races trying to compete against uh, over the last week, and that was Tricky the Triceratops. Now, Tricky the Triceratops actually appears on a GameCube game. He appears on Star Fox Adventures. And he's Prince Tricky. And Rare have come out and confirmed that is the same character. Random, eh? Maybe maybe uh, Wizpig brought him from that other planet down. Who knows? But obviously, yeah, it, it, was, it was really... A random nod to Diddy Kong Racing that I've never seen before. And I've only just started playing Star Fox Adventures. And uh, I haven't haven't got to that character yet. So it wasn't something that I knew about before. So you may well be turning around going, Oh yeah, obviously Cliff, he, he appeared. Um, and then Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, so the, the main character in Diddy Kong, uh, Timber. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Diddy Kong himself. He obviously came on to, yeah, just... Try and take uh, every IP you could. Uh, Diddy, you know, rumor has it it was going to be called uh, Diddy Kong uh, Brothers, uh, Smash Brothers. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not disappointed with this at all, really, at all. Yeah, and then obviously we had the DC ver- uh, DS version, uh, which saw all of the characters, excluding Banjo and Conker reappear and in fact Taj uh, was an unlockable character in that as well as Rispy. so yeah that's a little bit of where are they now so Diddy Kong Racing are your first victors and that comes down to what is next Whoa. If you, hang on if you've been on Twitter you may have actually already seen this if you've already subscribed to SoundCloud or Apple Please make sure you do leave a lovely comment on Apple for me as well. Um, you will already know who the next combatants are. Ladies and gentlemen, it leaves me the time to announce that next week will be another battle for Jinjos. And those combatants are...
Turok 2. Seeds of Evil. Oh, what a game. What a game. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have so much fun this week. And that will be facing off against... I did not use the title track because of, yeah, yeah, the, the copyrights on this. Anyway, um, Goldeneye. Now, may I make this very, very clear? This is not based off of multiplayer. So, before you vote for one based off of the multiplayer element, it's not for that. This is basically single player just the single player campaign so who will win obviously it will be based off of <laughs> it's cemented now story line gameplay audio and sound your score and the critic score so go and vote now no, 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 no. Look. I know that bit of work. Your boss is waiting for it. I don't care. Just leave it there. Look, look, leave it. Don't pick up the pen. No. No, right. Pick up your phone. Yeah. Don't switch me off. Don't pause me. No, no. Stay away from that pause button or the off button. No, go to Twitter. Vote. And more importantly, comment. Go and comment. Why two up to? Why Goldeneye? Go and comment. But more importantly, that is the end of the first official N64 Life podcast. And do you know what? If you are still listening this far, thank you so, so, so much. This podcast was only created, you know, less than a week ago. We've already had the prologue, everything set up, so we should be appearing on every podcast channel. If there is a podcast channel that you listen to and I'm not on it, please come and let me know. Um, yeah, we obviously I've got Twitch ready. We've got Lilac Wars, Star Fox 64 on Friday. Um, obviously, that leaves me with the opportunity to tell you what the next challenge is for the Friday afterwards. Do you know what? I'm going to do that on Twitter. Ah, you can wait. We'll do it on the Twitch stream. I'll announce what it is on the Twitch stream. I might even do a little vote uh, on the Twitch stream. If you come and join me Friday evening, uh, we start about sort of nine o'clock. Um, going on for about an hour, hour and a bit. But please come and join me. Let's have a laugh. Let's have a bit of a jokey, funny moment. But go and make sure you go and subscribe to the SoundCloud, to iTunes, wherever you get your lovely castings of the pods from you know go and subscribe i thank you so 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 much for everybody who's got involved with this my name is cliff foster aka the amazing cliff on twitter so please come and follow me at the amazing cliff also if you need to contact me please drop me a dm on a dm on the twitter if not on the instagram that's at n64 life podcast if not then please send me an email 
uh, N64 Life Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, ladies and gents, that's a wrap. Diddy Kong Racing's the victor, a tight victor. However, the main thing we've all learned about this today, isn't it, is hashtag justice for Timber.